it, I don't have to make a decision. It's a Louis Gomer's <laughs> against it, so I've got to be for it. So it makes it really difficult for me. Turn left, go straight. They must have really big hard drives. <laughs> Turn right, straight. Yeah, yeah, Richard Nixon. God forbid we have sex tapes of Richard Nixon. <laughs> do it okay, I'm going to try it now. And welcome to 8 Minutes on High. I'm Max. And I'm Zach. And today is uh, October 27th. No, today is <laughs> June 15th. Uh, do you remember when in Major League Baseball, June 15th was a trade deadline? Yeah. It's not anymore? It's not anymore. Oh, okay. It's not even close. But that'll cover our sports for the day because... <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about some of the baseball brawls or the guy getting hit in the head last night or whatever it was yeah it was a it was a couple nights ago actually we could brush on it briefly we've got to talk politics but uh what did you think it was uh yeisel puig <laughs> i i'm saying who <laughs> yeah and and he had ripped it up he played a week and had like four home runs and 10 runs batted in mm-hmm. a, a rookie for the dodgers so what did you think? Oh, I don't know. It's uh, I, baseball fights. I enjoy uh, pitchers getting hit by, by line drives. I don't. Yeah. Well, what about pitchers taking three tries to being a bat? Well, it reminds me of the uh, Atlanta Braves uh, Phillies uh, little <laughs> <laughs> little act there about what fifteen years ago. Yeah, but that was uh, Murphy. Yeah, uh, right. They were trying to hit the the. Yeah, Murphy. And it was Tom Glavin. Tom Glavin and and uh, Murphy was coming up, and he was the one you would have to retaliate against, and he really didn't want to hit him. <laughs> he really didn't want to hit him, so he he threw consecutive sliders in at his feet, and eventually they threw him out of the game. And he was like, "Because this is not somebody I want to hit." Really, that was. And and there were two reasons. Although I think Glavin would have. You know, beamed him in the noggin if he felt it was necessary. But it was—he's he, a big guy; he's bigger than Glavin, and he just liked it. As it was whole team. It all started over Otis Nixon there too. Yeah, well, and Otis Nixon—you know what I think about Otis? Yeah. Nixon. He can't be running up to the pitcher's mound and kicking people with spikes. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, uh, I don't know. Ian Kennedy tried three times to being a Dodgers batter. And that was in retaliation for one of their guys getting hit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm maybe confusing it. And anyway, he went out. Well, wasn't it their uh, old-timers game that day, too? And the old-timers came know. out? No, no, it was the sick and injured. Oh, okay. <laughs> they got fined for for having the disabled list players run out on the field. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> yes. Um, so the one team hit a guy, and the other team hit a guy back. And then Don Mattingly said, that's supposed to be over at that point. Yeah. It, that's it. Even though it took three tries to hit the next guy. And according to what I read, unwritten baseball rules, you get one shot at him. Mm-hmm. You don't keep trying to hit him. Uh, but then the retaliation came back for the retaliation. And Zach Greinke, the retaliating pitcher the first time, got hit in the head by Ian Kennedy on the, the retaliation, retaliation. Yeah. And that started the hubbub. Well, the only time I've ever seen somebody use three pitches to hit somebody was the Dale Murphy thing. That's what it reminded me of. Right, right yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that. But the thing that I thought was interesting was the size of the guys 
that were arguing. I, I, either baseball is just generally getting bigger, or it was kind of an odd coincidence. But there was Kirk Gibson, who was no small guy, mm-hmm. you know, holding shirts with Mark McGuire, who was huge. And Don Baylor's in the middle of it, just kind of pushing people away, trying to play peacemaker, I think. And, of course, Don Mattingly's trying to get at Kirk Gibson, and then there, there were punches thrown, and it was a, it was quite a hubbub. But Mattingly is, is sick to death of Dodgers being hit, and I really thought it was courageous and honorable for Granky to, to take his at-bats. Mm-hmm. You know, having, having just done his retaliation... He was the next batter up. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a pitcher. He it was like the sixth, seventh inning. He could have easily been taken out of the game. He takes one off the coconut. They have a brawl. And then he goes and stands on the pitch on first base after the brawl has calmed down and apparently uh, makes a real hard slide into second. Mm-hmm. And and he's the guy who had been injured for six weeks from a previous brawl earlier this week. <laughs> Standing up for himself after he being somebody and, and getting knocked over and having his shoulder separated. So, uh, I, I interesting you know. an interesting brawl all the way around, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, that was the the baseball hubbub. Now, now, politics. It's been busy. I have all kinds of notes, but I'm going to need you to help me. Sort this out. Uh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Where do you want to start? I kind of want to start at the top, real quickly, <laughs> with uh, the IRS thing. Mm-hmm. Just to dispense with it, because what I've heard, and and again, I haven't had a chance to read everything. Is first of all, these people that were being investigated by the IRS mm-hmm. didn't even have to file with the IRS. I learned that on the Colbert Report. Mm-hmm. I also heard it on Lawrence O'Donnell's show. Uh huh. You're talking the about the uh, um, yeah, five hundred one C's, five hundred one C fours, mm-hmm. right? They didn't. I don't know why. I don't know the details of the law, but they were not required to file for a five hundred one C four. Nobody had to notice them. They didn't even have to stand up and say we're here. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you had to file. Uh, my guess is that you have to be of a certain size. Oh, well, that would make sense. And Well, you know, like I said uh, last time we talked about this, uh, is this is the one that makes me the most nervous because the IRS uh, makes me nervous. Right. But it didn't look like anything from the White House and people calling uh, for comparing it to right. Nixon and stuff just were not uh, in tune with what Nixon did. Um. Two things about that. One of them was I heard that the guy who actually did sort of take ownership of this little bit of investigation mm-hmm. is a self-identified conservative Republican. Mm-hmm. I, I was pretty sure that the – oh, was it the branch office person that was uh, – got Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati was uh, uh, put in under um, Bush. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, not exactly a – uh, a Democratic appointee or anything. Right, and and he thought, well, look, these are going to be coming in. How can we sort of more efficiently handle them? And said, you know, let's start looking for political names. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know if he's this guy, Doug Shulman, who I found out about, 
who had this was part of a scandal, 157 visits to the Obama White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're talking about Obamacare. The IRS is heavily involved with collecting that money. Right. And it, when it gets looked up, I'm, I read an article by a guy named Kevin Drum who said, that story you knew was bullshit, question mark? Yeah, it was bullshit. <laughs> All Those 157 visits were cleared by the White House that he would be allowed to visit. Most of the, the times when he, he visited, he didn't go to the White House. They went to you know some other building in Washington. And it was about other things than you know the IRS looking at political 501c4s. Uh, right, thank you. So it the whole thing is bullshit. Well, it gets I think you uh nailed it on the head when you said it's the biggest problem is is the law itself is bullshit and it makes it rife yeah. for being poorly done. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I obviously agree with myself there on that one. <laughs> um so just a short break here while I'm talking to you to open the liquor. Ah. I have gone back to the Montezuma. There you go. And I'm just about to open a bottle of wine. So there you go. Mm. I don't know if you can hear yeah, that. Yeah, I heard the little pop. I have uh, promoted the Montezuma's. Steel breaking off on the little screw cap. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> it's actually a cork. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that was a shot. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I got it. It's, it's, it's not Red Stag. I do have a little bit of the Red Stag left in the bottle here. And again... If you're denying you're an alcoholic, it's probably the surest sign that you're an alcoholic. But in this case, I haven't had any liquor since the last time I talked to you. So hmm, that might say something. It's a pretty good chance if you're only drinking every two weeks, you're not. Or you an need alcoholic. to drink to talk to me. I don't know what. It is. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm very impressed with you, but uh, I'm not that nervous. <laughs> so anyway, here's the first shot of the night. It's wine. I'm drinking it out of the bottle. So say what you will, but uh, here goes the Montezuma. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so let's see. uh, IRS. Yes. I I don't think that I learned enough new, uh, just more confirmation that I don't think it's going to blow up into a big deal. But I don't mind the IRS getting slapped around a little bit. I thought this whole $4 million party thing was kind of baloney i mean they go on trips and motivational retreats and stuff in all sorts of companies right. and government agencies and stuff and it's down from i forget it used to be like 35 million and it's down to a very small amount and there's a lot of employees in the irs and if you do a good job you have a company award dinner kind of thing and yeah um, I, yeah you're probably right i actually was more offended by that just uh, there were there were some excesses in that. I don't remember now what they were. Oh yeah, they had a, they were doing some kind of dancing on stage, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, making Star Trek videos, which I, I actually I don't have a problem with making videos if they're instructional videos. And I understand you could be using a Star Trek theme to make an actual video where you teach something. I've been to uh, in, in private industry several motivational conferences and. I don't know. It's it seems fairly normal. Although we we don't get the I've never gone to one that had uh, that kind of financing behind it. Ours generally were the treadway in or something for 
a night in. Uh, a, 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 Are there still any Treadway A buffet in or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> At Domino's, we used to... Uh, the, the Domino's that I worked for, all New York State, the Domino's were owned by two Jewish guys. And the only day we got off all year was for the Christmas party, which I thought was very cool. And they would they would rent a motel and and a bunch of rooms, and people could go there and eat pizza and get drunk and hang out with people from other Domino's in the state. And then uh, it was back to work. What is it like? The IRS have, what, 20,000 employees? Something oh, like that? I think it's more, more than, than that. More than that? So, I mean, that's a pretty big organization. Yeah. So four million dollars overall just didn't seem like a lot, and I know they they played that that video thing to outrage people trying. Right. But I didn't really see anything that outraged me there. I mean, I don't want them spending millions on lavish, right. ridiculous stuff, and the, you know some of the things that they said that they paid for that they paid too much for. Yeah, that's good. Get that out it, and and yeah, slap right. people up for doing stupid shit. But right. I don't I don't begrudge having a uh, conference once in a while to reward right. good performance right. by employees and motivate yeah, people and I, I agree and I, and I think it's like you said perfectly okay for uh, employees at their various locations to get together. Now um, I I highly recommend for corporations and governments to use video conferencing. We oh. do quite a lot. Uh, oh yeah, what, work things we do a lot of that. Yeah, so you know that that's a big money saver, I think. Oh yeah. All in all, the IRS thing is not a big deal. Yep. The thing that I watched on Fox News that I I wanted to find out more about that I think has the potential to be problematic is is this James Rosen AP reporter stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely the media finds that to be the most interesting one because it's them. Right, but um, my understanding is there are shield laws. See, the the question underlying it is if a leaker gives information to a reporter, the leaker we know could be committing a crime, but the shield laws protect the reporter from being charged with criminal behavior. And what I understand, not sufficiently deeply, is that James Rosen – a reporter, if you can say it, that they have any at Fox News. A reporter at Fox News was threatened with being a co-conspirator of a leaker, and the Obama White House was going real hard after this reporter to give get him to give up his source, mm-hmm. thre- threatening jail. Well, I don't know. I've I've watched, and I don't know how close to the law they are, but I've watched a lot of, of uh, cop and robber shows on TV where if the reporter doesn't reveal his source in a criminal investigation, he's cited for contempt and put in jail. Yeah, you got a point there. I was just thinking about that. There was a woman who had Robert, what's his name, a, a creep who used to be on TV all the time, mm-hmm. uh, who reported on the spy, remember the spy story in the Bush White House, where they revealed Valerie Plame's mm-hmm. name. Yeah, and and it, I can't remember the the reporter's name, but he got his information from a woman from the New York Times, and the government put her in jail for like 19 months, mm-hmm. and she never gave up her source, but they were able to put her in jail. 
So, I mean, are they threatening them with that? And that sounds like something I've heard of before. You no, know, actually, they're threatening them with criminal prosecution for for being a co-conspirator. That sounds uh, like a reach to me. Well, and from what I understand from Fox News, so I'm I'm dubious, is they backpedaled on that and said they never said that. Mm-hmm. And I think there might be something there. There. Well, maybe they threatened it to get them to yeah. talk. I, I happened to be watching Hannity the other day just because I, I needed a new Fox News lie. And he was saying that they were trying to put him in jail. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know either, and I don't know that anybody really knows other than the reporter for fact. And if some Right. But so much comes out, I can never sort it out. I've, I've heard that too. And as I said, I've heard of reporters going to jail for not revealing their sources, and I didn't know if that might have been involved, but you're saying no. Uh, yeah, I'm saying that it's, it, it wasn't for not revealing a source. It was for being a criminal in a criminal conspiracy. Well, I think the – even though from what I've heard, it's they didn't do anything illegal, the thing that scared me a little bit more, disturbed me a little bit more, I should say, is the uh, scope of the what, the phone record uh, sweep. Well, I that was that, next on my list. I think that was uh, too much, and I think that would uh, definitely inhibit the fourth estate, and I'm all for the freedom of the press. So is James Snowden a hero? Or go. Well, now we're into the Snowden, and uh, that's that's a pretty tough one. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm talking to you, because I don't know. I, I was talking to Uncle Don earlier today, our friend Don, and he's the top of his head's about ready to explode. He's like, these people are all terrible, and it's a damn good thing that he came out and said what he did, and, and our government is spying on us in a way that's way too broad. Well, I was trying to, to get some better background on that, and I, I ran across the, uh, what was it, the church committee in um, the 70s, late 70s? That's interesting. And that came out after all the Watergate and stuff. They put shackles on uh, the NSA and uh, CIA, and they were in place for a long time. It got repealed in um, the Patriot Act. Well, to some degree, my understanding is that under the Bush administration, what we're talking about, are we not, is the FISA court? The FISA, yeah. Federal the FISA. International <laughs> Spies Association. I forget what it is. <laughs> That's but it's the FISA court. Yeah. It's, it's the secret court that the NSA and the FBI have to go to to get permission to spy on Americans. Well, and it's specifically for wiretapping, for listening into the conversation or right. reading the emails. Right. But the first evil that I want to point out is the Bush administration said, we don't need to go to the FISA court. They stopped using it. Mm-hmm. Now, the next thing I heard was, and, and I believe it and I think it's a good thing, Obama said, we're going to run this through the FISA court. Mm-hmm. And of the 1,400 requests that the Obama administration – sounds like somebody else is having booze. No, it's not booze, but yeah. <laughs> uh, of the 1,400 requests that the Obama administration made to the FISA court, all of them were approved, 100%. So it's 
barely oversight at all, but at least they're getting court orders. Well, yeah, I would say that's a rubber stamp, but maybe all the ones they go to them for are good. I I don't know. Seems it's unlikely. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> it, yeah, as much as I'm all for the government, uh, the odds of the government being correct and righteous 1,400 out of 1,400 times seems a little unlikely to me. Well, back to Snowden. I th- The thing he revealed was that there's a database. They collect all the metadata from your phone bills and uh, internet providers all of their metadata records for those of our listeners who might not know i'm going to try to characterize metadata as the location time and other background information that's associated with a phone call that's not a recording of the phone call right so it's you called x number at this time for this many minutes And that would actually have to be mined. The the frequency would have to be mined, which brings another level of uh, of complexity to it, though. You know, are they are they manipulating the data? Are they running algorithms on the data? Well, the intention is, if you know a uh, a place where there's a lot of terrorism, you want to know where they're calling in the United States. Is their point? Right. And uh, they can do that by getting phone records from the country. Companies specifically, but the companies don't keep all the records for you know years and years and years. And also, there's a lot of companies. So what they've done is they've said, "Give them all to us, and we'll do a um, think of it as a Google search for a phone number. It'd be a database search. But so where do I find this? And it comes out with a list of all the people who got calls from that number." And then they look at right. those. And then if they see something that's a pattern and a repetitive thing, they go, okay, maybe we want to go to the FISA court and try and listen in on this person's call. So if that's what it is, it doesn't sound as bad, but I'm getting a little nervous about the reach, and it goes further than phone calls. It goes to your IP addresses and your web well, searches. and this is the second part of it. It's something called the PRISM program, mm-hmm. which – Apparently, Snowden had access to a 38-page PowerPoint presentation, Mm -hmm. and he leaked three pages of it. I have one of them right here. Mm -hmm. It says, these are the current providers, Microsoft, Google, Yahoo, Facebook, something called PalTalk, which I never (laughs) YouTube, Skype, AOL, and Apple. Mm -hmm. And uh, of the things that Prism was collecting on Americans, of Americans, and from Americans is email, chat, video and voice, videos, photos, stored data, voice over IP connections, file transfers, video conferencing, notifications of target activity, logins, etc. I don't even know what that means. Online social networking details and, in large letters, special requests. So pretty much anything anybody is doing on the Internet that the government wants to know. They must have really big hard drives. (laughs) Well, associated with that, there are all these news reports about this place out in Utah where they're storing – the term I heard was zettabytes Mm -hmm. of data. I don't even know what that is. No, I've never heard of that. (laughs) But I've heard that it was equal to some hundreds of millions of DVDs. Well, I think I think I can break this down into there's I don't think anybody would have any doubt saying 
if you're storing content, I'm pissed off. Right. Okay. We can. Uh, that's got to be illegal. Uh, your emails, even if you're not listening to them, if they're recording your phone calls and just storing them. There's a debate about whether or not they are the the term was something on the order of openly giving the government access to their servers. And and from what I read, there's a technical question over whether or not that's true. So um, I don't know, but that's the way people are talking. Well, about it sounds. It. it just sounds like they're doing putting a split around their trunk. But the whole point is, is that I wanted to break it into two pieces. One is content, and one is informational metadata that doesn't have content. And, and I could. Do you feel that there's a difference between the the seriousness based on one or the well, other? Well, I don't like either, but the content one I really don't like, and I think that is definitely an invasion of privacy uh, to have that collected and stored and be available to be data mined. Mine, yeah. I, I feel the same way. I was thinking the same thing. And and I mentioned to Uncle Don, you know, metadata, and he's like, what? still terrible. And then, yeah. then you move to the metadata, which that gets a little more difficult uh, most of that stuff is available to the government if they go out and do due diligence uh, with the phone companies as it is. Right. They can go to their FISA court and or whatever. Right. It's, it's, it's the first complaint is it's already legal. Yes. So that part, although it bothers me, it doesn't bother me as much as content. So I have to I have to work on how bothered I am about the government knowing <laughs> what phone calls I made when. The government knowing I'm talking to you right now, just just right. knowing that I've made a connection to your Skype account. Right. And by the way, I've said before, hopefully, uh, you know, I'm irritating the government. Uh, the Obama administration now falls, unfortunately, into the same category uh, that the Bush administration fell into in my book. I, I hope I'm on their dirty list somewhere. So being that uh, there's those two things. Is the big question is is Snowden a, hill, a hero or a villain? And boy, that is really hard. And it's really hard for the public to have an informed opinion on a secret program. We don't know all of the facts about this. I heard that um, Michael Moore and Rand Paul both think he's a hero. Yeah, and and that's another thing that's hard. The people that are for it and against it are just all over the board. <laughs> They're lining up in weird positions. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Al I Franken really is for it, and he's. You know, I would he, consider pretty, for the FISA laws or for Snowden. For the FISA laws, yeah, it's it's just a weird. And Louis Gomer is against them. So if I just went <laughs> through that, I would say, okay, I don't have to know well, anything. Frank, it's got to be right. If I I don't have to make a decision. It's a Louis Gomer <laughs> against it, so I've got to be for it. So it makes it really difficult for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess we don't have to make up our minds instantly. I, I've been struggling with it this week. I just, I don't know. I don't know. But when it comes to is Snowden a hero or a villain, that's a tough one for me too because uh, revealing of, of classified information is is a pretty serious thing. Um, well, here comes the next question. Snowden versus Daniel Ellsberg. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> and I guess it, it there are times when you're the hero and there are times when you're not. 
And so it's a very difficult question for me to answer that one, too. If he goes running away to Hong Kong and stuff, kind of lowered his stock. With Well, but he's got to run away. Why? They're just going to clap him in irons for 100 years if he stays yeah, in the United States. If you're going to reveal classified information, then then stand there and, and take it. That You want to get it out to the public. If he if he stood at the uh, on the the great soapbox with his classified information and saying this is what our government is doing horrible things and I'm standing here you know being the Jesus Christ that nailed me to the cross I'll die for right. sins you know that's that would make him more heroic, that's heroic without a doubt. but if he throws stuff out into the wind and and flies away it's less yeah. heroic. Well, but I mean I could understand I can understand a young man not wanting to go to jail forever but. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard for an individual uh, civil, uh, citizen in a position that has access to secret data to be the arbiter of revealing national secrets. And you're right, Ellsberg. Come right. Fortunately for Ellsberg, Nixon went after his psychiatrist so that he could find dirty secrets about him, so that he could shut him up. Whereas the Bush administration and now the Obama administration. We'll just throw you in fucking jail. And, you know, if Nixon's playing dirty tricks on you, you you're heroic. But, you know, if, if the government's chasing you around Hong Kong, maybe not so heroic. <laughs> I, the funny thing is, is that I didn't think I learned anything new from this. Well, a lot of people said that. and you know, um, I thought they were doing that. <laughs> I assumed it, but uh, I didn't. You know, really know it, and I don't know. I, I have to be a little wishy-washy on it. I, I, I'm not prepared to call him a hero yet. Yeah, yeah. I, this is that's kind of where I am. I guess we we have more than a week to to make our decision up. It's I, like a good chili; it needs to cook a little more. <laughs> I think you maybe you're right. If you're interested, since uh, we can finish up on the topic of uh, uh, scandals, there's a, a neat little chart on Mother Jones. Um, oh, absolutely. And I kind of like the chart. It, uh, from left to right uh, on the x-axis, is uh, it says footnote on the left and never forget on the right. Okay. And on the... Uh, uh, Z Y axis, Y axis, Z axis, whatever, up don't, and down. Don't give me, don't give me Z axis. I'm, <laughs> I'm not into higher math here. I only can think in two dimensions. Uh, the bottom of it is nothing burger, and that makes it <laughs> perfect. And, okay. And the top of it is BFD. So, I kind of okay. like the chart, and uh, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a really good one. You want to look it up on Mother Jones, but. Okay. Um, the number one, which would be in the far uh, right corner, uh, in the very top. Okay. Which means the, the biggest the scandal. The biggest and worst. Yeah, the never forget and BFD. And it's right. got, you got to know this one, it's Watergate. Right. Number one, uh, f- far and away. But which is, which is a whole series of oh, yeah. criminal behaviors. Let's see. What do they say? The mother of all White House scandals. It had everything but sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Richard Nixon. God forbid we have sex tapes of Richard Nixon. <laughs> but yes, uh, we have burglary. Breaking, we ha- we have payoffs. Spying on political opponents. 
We have payoffs for burglary. Mm-hmm. Secret oh. tapes, enemies list, obstruction of justice, <laughs> campaign finance shenanigans. Oh, and they like this one. Uh, ominous sounding acronyms. Creep. <laughs> Creep. The Committee to Re-elect. The... <laughs> That's right. Memorable <laughs> denials. Congre- oh, I am not a crook. Congressional yes. investigations. Crusading journalists. Articles of impeachment. And the first resignation of a sit- sitting president. Beat that, yeah. Benghazi. <laughs> that's right. That's that's absolutely right. Uh, and and uh, you know, people are trying to get this IRS thing to the level of Watergate, and it just it fails. But anyway, you have more. What I would call the number two one is the uh, missing weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Lying, I said this for years. Lying the country into a war. And these people wanted that war since 1996 to, to just market the war. And to me, I am both offended by and offended for Colin Powell. The biggest crime, the thing that pushed me over the edge was Colin Powell getting out there and saying, we're going to be hit with anthrax, essentially. Mm-hmm. That or was a mushroom cloud. Well, Condoleezza Rice with her fucking mushroom cloud. The, the lies... The Lying Liars. Oh, that one was terrible. People died. Lots of people died for lies. Yeah, that's a horrible one. That's a pretty big one. Yes. (laughs) Iran-Contra. Yes. Yes, people sanctify Reagan. Oh, I meant to look up that group, that group that's responsible for promoting the image of Reagan. People forget Reagan was a criminal. And you know what they're accusing Obama of now? Either incompetence in in the uh, IRS thing, or you know, actively not knowing. That's what I said about Reagan way back with Iran Contra. Either he was too stupid to know, or he was running the thing. And either way, he should have been impeached. Well, and and for those who don't have a historical perspective of Iran Contra, the 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 uh, Congress specifically uh, voted not. To fund them. Something called the Boland Amendment. Mm-hmm. Right. So with that as a background, the the Reagan administration sold missiles to Iran. You remember right. Iran, the place that kind of held all our hostages, hostages and stuff? Sold right. missiles terrorists. to Terrorists. <laughs> what, what we would call terrorists today. Uh, in order, we sold them weapons. In, yes. in order to help free American hostages, in other words, paying them off, which we're not supposed right. to negotiate and pay. Right. No, 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 no negotiating with terrorists. Right. Uh, and no negotiating with Grenada either. We will just fuck them. And the money we got from it, we funded the uh, Contra rebels in Nicaragua. Right. An illegal war in Nicaragua. That was specifically congr- designed Congress. to overthrow a, well, a, yeah. a government. And Congress specifically said not to do. Man! Right. <laughs> you, right. Oh, the, Compare this to any of these so-called gates that are going on right now. You've got to be right. kidding me. It, there's no comparison. You're right. Um, that I would put them in exactly that order. So Watergate, the the war in Iraq, and the Iran Contra mess. The thing that bothers me is that the, the Republicans have been able to sanctify Ronald Reagan and hold him up as someone worthy of emulation, and he should have been impeached. Let's see. Uh, oh, how about this one? Pardon Gate? 
This I'm not going to go in order because those were the big. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Yeah. No problem. Do you remember Pardon Gate? Uh, I think that was Bill Clinton. Yes. Pardoning a really pretty creepy guy on the last day of his presidency. Yeah. Pardon uh, Susan McDougal for contempt of court. Uh, his brother, Roger, for old drug charges, and this is the one you were talking about, Mark Rich, a fugitive tax cheat, right. whose wife had been a major Clinton donor. Yeah, that was just wrong. That was simply wrong. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that's a that's a gate. That, I hate I hate to use that term, <laughs> putting gate on the end of everything. That one fell uh, uh, in the nothing burger to the footnote square, but high. Right. Uh, let's see. Right. Yeah, it wasn't a big international deal, but it was morally wrong. Let's see. Uh, Fast and Furious, that shows up uh, uh, in the Nothing Burger, uh, but in the uh, towards the uh, uh, right of Never Forget. So. Right, and I, and when I was watching Sean Hannity, this, he went back to Fast and Furious. He did like 10 minutes on Fast and Furious. Like, he said anything new, which he didn't, but... One of the things he reminded people was that people died. This was this was a horrible program, an immensely stupid program. And if if Fox News tells the truth in this, they said there were only two items, two guns that were tracked with with radio communications. Mm-hmm. That's that's incompetent. You know, if you're going to run guns and track them, track them. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's a, a combination of a bad idea and really bad execution. Right, <laughs> right. And I blame both administrations. Get an oldie but goodie. Uh, have you ever heard of the Teapot Dome scandal? I have. I think it's New York City. I can't remember what it is. Well, actually, it uh, was under Warren G. Harding uh, in the 20s. The Secretary of Interior was convicted for accepting bribes from oil companies to lease uh, Navy and Navy Petroleum Reserves in Teapot Dome, Wyoming. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow. How about that? <laughs> and so, big government and oil companies. Yep, big, in the 20s. Right, yeah, well, it, it thinks, you know, nothing, nothing changes. <laughs> we, we didn't get here all at once. It's, it's probably legal now. You've heard George Bush, George Bush, listen to me, George Will's famous story about uh, Warren Gamaliel Harding. No. He was uh, renowned for his recalcitrance, I guess. Uh, he, he never said much. Oh, okay. And uh, at a party, a woman said, I hear that you're famous for, you know, not saying much. I bet I can get you to say more than two words. And Harding said, you lose. Ooh, okay, that's uh, two good <laughs> words. <laughs> I, I love it, that story. Uh, Andrew Johnson's impeachment. I have an idea that 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 one was unfair, um, and it, it's a small deal, and I can't can't repeat what it's about. Actually, they think the scandal is that uh, he got impeached. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, did, did, can you tell us what the... Well, they don't even say what the scandal was about. I'll have to look that up. Disputes between Andrew Johnson and the radical Republicans in Congress spun into a constitutional crisis when the House voted to impeach him in 1868. He survived in the Senate by one vote. Yeah. Thank goodness for the Senate, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Andrew Johnson was happy. Yeah, interesting that it was the Republicans because in those days they were the good guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. LBJ's Mystery Money. I never heard of this one. <laughs> I haven't either, but uh, he was he was a wheeler dealer. So what do you got? Let's see. Uh, in ni- 1963, Life magazine was preparing a bombshell expose expose on how Vice President Lyndon Johnson had amassed a fortune through his connections to n- none other than Texas oil barons. <laughs> oh, gee. See <laughs> uh, Warren Harding. Really. So there's oil twice now. Yeah, well, I, and honestly, without meaning to sound too cliche or, or repetitive, I think that some of the biggest problems that this country has gotten into is at the behest of big oil. Look at what we've done in the Middle East. This is this is something that, that bothers me. People that say, you know, my country, love it or shove it, as if the United States never did anything wrong. Hmm. When we've been mucking around in the Middle East for a while and basically taking advantage of Bedouins up until the point where they got so much freaking money that, you know, they're able to uh, sort of push back. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's one I I remember. Billy Gate? Billy Carter. Yeah, Billy Carter. Was a drunk. (laughs) You remember Billy Beer? Yeah. Yeah. But talk about nothing scandal. Yeah, this was uh, Jimmy Carter took major heat when it was revealed that his ne'er-do-well brother Billy had received payments from the Libyan government. Yeah, and no one cared. Really? (laughs) That one was just below Solyndra. (laughs) You know, the interesting thing is the ne'er-do-well relatives, because Bill Clinton had a kind of a ne'er-do-well brother, and uh, George Bush I had a ne'er-do-well son. Actually, at two of them. Mm, yeah, that's true. One of them became president, and the other's hiding out in Europe because of his illegal uh, bribery. I think it was bribery in the savings and loan scandal. Nobody ever talks about Neil Bush. He simply went away. He simply went away. <laughs> Rich people get to do that. Yep. Uh, here's one you'll remember, the Lincoln bedroom scandal. Oh, yeah, the Clinton administration Clinton. supposedly selling for donations at a night in the Lincoln bedroom. Yep. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal, but it bothers me a little. Yeah. Well, that, those are the most interesting ones. There's there's a whole there's, bunch. You might want to read them sometime. Um, yeah. Mother Jones. Yeah, um, send me a link. I'll post it in the web page. Okay, I can do that. With that, uh, we've gone over our 30 minutes, so it's probably time to play the music. Can grab a circle in your hands and twist it, that's an A. 